0: Good morning. Uh, It's great that our brain is an ever-learning machine. So this is my second time giving this sermon this morning, and everything is smoother than the first time. So I'm glad that you are in the second service. Um, So my name is Ling Lam, and I'm sharing this morning from a passage from the Gospel of Luke about this woman who's known, in the Bible it says, woman from the city who's known as a sinner. That's somehow her label. She's a nameless woman in this passage. And from other passages, we also know that she's likely to be a prostitute. And when the first time I heard this passage preached on, I was a sophomore in university. And I was not a Christian. Two years before I heard that sermon for the first time on this passage. I came from Hong Kong, where I grew up, and went to California for university, and I have never visited the United States before coming for college. So my first day ever in the U.S. is freshman orientation, which I assure you is extremely disorienting. (laughs) With new language, new culture, I was the only child in a family, and have never lived apart from my parents, and people say weird things in California, such as "What's up?" <laughs> Let me tell you what my response was when I first heard "What's up." Is I tried to see what is up. <laughs> anyway, so I was, um, I was thrown in this new environment where I didn't know anyone, and I really fell into a very deep depression. Looking back, actually, I have been depressed since when I was a child. Because growing up as a gay person in a culture that's very traditional, where I don't even have the language to describe um, my experience growing up, it was very alienating experience for me. But here I am, here I was in California, and I just felt really alone. I didn't feel anybody. Understand me and I didn't quite have the narrative to express my own experience And I just feel this sense of alienation, aloneness and depression Until that point I have always tried to keep my sense of aloneness, depression at bay growing up By doing something that as an Asian child is very culturally appropriate Which is study very hard, get very good grade and maybe hopefully that I have a sense of value or a sense of worthiness, even though since I was a young child, I really struggle with that sense of I'm unlovable, that sense of there's something uh, not good enough about who I am. This happened also earlier this morning. Is my screensaver take over, and luckily I remember my password. <laughs> So as I was struggling in the first couple years after I come to this country, some friends invited me to go to church. And I don't know about you, but God did not create me to be a morning person. (laughs) So for the first three months, I fell asleep in every single service. (laughs) But the people who invited me to church... They seem very nice. I was very isolated, so I keep going. Until this one day, when there's an outreach service where the speaker talks about this passage about this woman from the city who is a sinner with the alabaster jar of perfume. And I find myself having a different experience during this sermon. It was in one of those old style churches where you have pews and I was sitting in the middle of the pew which turned out to be a big mistake as I will let you know so as I was listening to this sermon instead of falling asleep this time there's something that moved me in a very profound way and I find myself crying in fact it's more than crying all kinds of liquids come out of all kinds of openings (laughs) in my face um And because I was sitting right in the middle of the pew, it's hard for me to get out. So I remember I was wearing a white sweater, so I was just doing the best I could (laughs) of maintaining the situation. It was quite um, an experience. But that night really changed my life because there's something that's so exquisite that I cannot quite describe. I couldn't really understand. Actually, I don't even remember exactly what the pastor was talking about. Except I remember God reached down somehow, some way That and touched my heart in a very, very deep place And after that is a year of intellectual exploration Before I got baptized and became a Christian And years later, this is the first time I actually give a sermon on this very passage And I'm looking forward to sharing with you After years of working with God um, so sort of looking at this passage from a new lens So let's look at what happened in this particular setting So the Pharisees invited Jesus to come to their home for dinner Now you must know Pharisees are the respectable, respected people They are the people who are, um, have a really dominant group membership in that society Right? They are the people with the power. So, this is a dinner gathering of the powerful and the elite and the respectable in society. And can you imagine this woman who's a prostitute, who's nameless? Her identity, her label, her identification is woman from the city who's a sinner. She's the marginalized, right? she's the people being othered, probably rejected. People probably make up all kinds of judgment and story about who she is before they even met her. They think of her as, oh, that woman from the city who is a sinner, that person, rather than really hearing her story. So I imagine how she felt when she walked into this gathering of the powerful and the elite. All alone, I wonder if she felt a sense of not belonging there. This is not her place. And as I was doing some research last night and this morning on this, so I'm a last-minute person. That I Google alabaster. I have no. It's not. I have never seen an alabaster in my life. Have you? Oh, you have. Okay. All right. So, okay. So. Apparently when I Google and also no judgment if you are one of the 1.2 percent of the people who bang instead of Google No judgment at all Um, So when I Google what is alabasca, eternal alabasca, it is very rare precious Strong stone kind of like marble. It's actually used to decorate Solomon's temple to add beauty and splendor to the temple and apparently alabaster jar is a jar made of this precious stone with a very very narrow neck so that the perfume inside the jar very slowly evaporate and trigger your smell senses right and then there's a sense of fragrance so apparently when you break the alabaster jar like the woman did in the bible story after that All the perfume is useless Because the jar is broken The perfume is spilled And then it will evaporate And then it is gone Does that make sense? That's really the background and context About the act of this woman When she breaks the alabaster jar of perfume And because We know from other places in the Bible That it's very likely she's a prostitute A marginalized woman That probably does all she had That expensive jar of perfume In this alabaster flask So when she break it It's really an act of surrender It's an act of letting go Of something that she has been holding on to To give her a sense of worthiness And attractiveness Isn't that Does that make sense? Right This is her livelihood This is how She lived. This is what gives her a sense of safety, security, something to hold on to as a marginalized person. Maybe the only leverage that she has in her life or so she thinks. The only power, the only sense of worth. And the Bible says when the woman came into that house, at first she was standing behind. Jesus, I wonder if there's a part of her that really feels she doesn't belong there and she's hesitant to really just be part of the table, so to speak And as someone who really struggled a lot growing up with feeling like an imposter feeling like I don't belong in whatever circle that I was in Having a lot of issue with entering groups and inclusion issues I can really relate to that Last night, I went to the Columbus Gay Men Chorus This is my first time And they sang a lot of uh, really high energy songs There's one particular one that touched me in a very unexpected way It's the song Creep by Radiohead (laughs) I haven't Heard, listened to this song for probably five plus years But last night when I was sitting in the audience Listening to a group of gay men Singing this song There's something that deeply moved me In a way that even Tom York couldn't do Tom York, I think is the lead, lead singer of the Radiohead So here's the lyric of the song And I have to censor out one particular line But this is the gist of the lyric Let me read you the section of the song Creep by Radiohead But I am a creep I am a weirdo What the hell am I doing here I don't belong here I don't care if it hurts I want to have control I want a perfect body I want A perfect soul I want you to notice When I am not around You are so special I wish I was special So growing up as a gay man With no language to talk about my experience Feeling that sense of being a creep and a weirdo Nobody understanding me and being a gay Christian, that really feel this sort of this uh, revolving door of being in the closet, sometimes having to come out as gay, sometimes having to come out as Christian. (laughs) That I can really relate to the lyrics of this song in a very personal way. The sense of not belonging, the sense of vulnerability, and the longing for that sense of belonging and acceptance. And this longing for a sense of acceptance and belonging The longing to be loved for who we are Is really universal longing, isn't that right? And this reminds me of the writer and poet Raymond Carver Who died 30 years ago in 1988 At the age of 50 from lung cancer Before his death, his last poem That he wrote is a poem called Late Fragment. So let me read you the last poem that he wrote before he died. Late Fragment. And did you get what you wanted from this life, even so? I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved To feel myself beloved on the earth The last poem that he wrote before he died Is to want to feel To call myself beloved To feel myself beloved on the earth And this longing to be beloved This longing to feel safe. That we can be ourselves and be accepted And loved is a universal longing Yet This longing for love Comes with Intrinsic sense of vulnerability Because the more You love someone, the more A relationship is important to you The more you are vulnerable to the Grief and pain of loss Of that relationship Do you know what I'm talking about? The longing Of love is coupled with a Vulnerability of loss and pain and heartache And there's no way around it The more you love, the more you are vulnerable to that pain And C.S. Lewis said The only place where we are safe from the dangers of love Besides heaven is hell And Oscar Wilde said We are never so defenseless Against suffering as when we are in love They are making the same point point. and when C.S. Lewis and Oscar Wilde agree on something <laughs> I'm very willing to bet that it must be true. I don't know how often it happens So what do we do? When there's a longing for love, there's a pain of not belonging and there's a vulnerability of loss when we long for that love. How do we handle that pairing of the longing and the vulnerability? I wonder if many of us do the same thing that this woman did and have our own version of the alabaster flowers with perfume That make us smell good That make us look good That make us try to earn A sense of worthiness To be loved Isn't that what the perfume is For this woman To give her a sense Of worthiness To allow her to feel Alright And what are some of the perfumes That we are wearing In order to cover up our inner emptiness and insecurity And fear of rejection And self-doubt And feeling like a sense of not belonging Yet desperately longing for that sense of belonging Let me tell you what are some of the perfumes That people use Some of us try to work very hard And accomplish a lot of things And our 30-page resume is our perfume Some of us can never say no We are so focused on taking care of the needs of people around us Because when we feel needed Then we feel safe That's our perfume To give us a sense of worthiness And don't you know people Just like the lyrics in the radio had I want a perfect body And their perfect body Is their sense of worthiness Their sense Their own perfume And yet others, they amass power and wealth Hoping that the more they have The more secure that they would feel The more that people would respect them That is their jar of perfume We all have our jar of perfume Sometimes the jar of perfume is Drug, alcohol, food, sex, ambition Anything that would help us feel a sense of being okay in our body. Many of these things are otherwise good things. I hope we work hard and accomplish things. I hope we care for other people. But I think the gospel is, don't let what is good stand in the way of what is best. If your perfume is your body, if your perfume is your perfectionism, if your perfume is you take care of everybody around you as a way to earn a sense of worthiness, those perfume are fragile. Those perfume are fragile. Just like the alabaster flask, when the perfume evaporate, it is gone. I think the gospel is, like C.S. Lewis say: let's not get distracted with playing in the mud pond while we can have a holiday by the seaside. There's something that awaits us in the gospel. There's something that awaits us in the relationship with God that transcends that sense of fragility and vulnerability. But sometimes it's hard to let go of what we are holding on to as a way to help us feel that sense of security isn't that right that's the other passage the rich young ruler he has many possessions and he what is his perfume the rich young ruler's perfume is his rich he's young and he's the ruler how can you beat that right that's his perfume and he was righteous he always followed the laws right he was a good kid but when he come to jesus and say Teacher, how can I have eternal life? Jesus tells him, you lack one thing. Let go of your perfume. Just like the woman did. And then you can have eternal life. And do you remember what the passage said? The rich young ruler walk away grieving because he's not willing to let go of his perfume. And it is really hard. Because the thing about perfume, whatever your versions of the perfume is, whatever your brand Of your favorite perfume is? The thing about perfume is it gives us the illusion it's almost working. (laughs) When I have that bag of chips, I do feel good (laughs) before I feel guilty. (laughs) And whether it's sex, food, ambition, drug, alcohol, wealth, whatever sense of identity that gives you a sense of identity, the problem with those things is It's really hard to let go of something that almost works It's really hard to let go of something that almost works There's a bar in Ireland On the door of the bar is a sign And the sign says, free drinks tomorrow Tomorrow And I think that kind of capture <laughs> this, is hard to give up hope of something that almost works yet never fully does. Isn't that right? Because if I'm wearing my perfume, and you ended up liking me, I know that the person that you are loving is not the authentic me. It's the me that's clothed in this perfume. Does that make sense? The problem is trying to work so hard in your own way To earn a sense of worthiness Is even when you are successful You are still trapped Because you know The person that's being loved Is the mask that you are wearing And not who you really are And yet when this woman breaks the jar. And just pour the perfume She's letting go of something That so far she has held on to To give her sense of worthiness Yet it says in the Bible She's weeping as she does that Why does she weep? I wonder Perhaps she was thinking about All the painful moments in her life Where she was abused Where she was Longing for that love but never quite there Or the futility Of holding on to the perfume as a sense of self Or maybe Finally, maybe she's weeping because She realized in the presence of Jesus What she has longed for all her life is right here That finally she's weeping out of a sense of gratitude Because all what she has been looking for all her life She finally experienced it She finally experienced being Loved for who she is Without the need for perfume She finally allowed her hair down Which is a sign of vulnerability The former South African Archbishop Tutu said We are not loved This is paraphrased We are not Loved because we are worthy We are worthy because we are loved That's the good news of the gospel, isn't it? Is that this sense of worthiness That's our inheritance because we are children of God Is not something you can earn Yet it is not something that you can lose Unlike perfume which evaporates in a second So as we end this morning, I invite you to connect with, in whatever way that feels right to you, that part of yourself that long for that sense of belonging, that long for that sense of being loved for who you are, that long for that sense of intrinsic worthiness. And perhaps if you want, also connect With the part of you that remember one moment in your life Where you feel so loved One moment in your life When you can just allow yourself to relax Because you know everything is just okay And you know what? After I became a Christian The Christian journey is not an easy one I have all kinds of perfumes That I got from Amazon around (laughs) So it's not that it's still not easy to let go of perfume And I find myself having to let go of some perfume every day But there's something that's different Because there is that seed inside my heart That know that I am loved We are all loved We already belong right? That before the woman break the jar And let go of all the perfume God already knows that Jesus will break up his body and spill his blood so that we can all have this sense of being loved unconditionally for who we are by God, no matter what. And isn't that the good news? Thank you.